and welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told in the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here, here, news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I am your host, Fred, and that great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And whew, we are coming unwound a little bit from our crazy madness of October and the Halloween season, as we call it. Not really one day, it's a whole kind of... Uh, weeks and weeks of preparing for getting ready for and celebrating the darkness. <laughs> um, in fact, um, as we have done again since kind of the beginning, I'm going to do a little bit of spooky uh, programming reprise here for the month of November, um, kicking off with our friend Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater and a piece he's done with the Gaty School of Acting. Um, this is called Horror Hotel Episode 1. Not sure if there'll be other episodes, but I think it's uh, it's 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 stylized. It's caricatured. It's uh, the spooky haunted house uh, mem drawn up to its umpteenth degree. It is really really fun, folks. Uh, I think you'll enjoy this. Roger sent it to me. I think this past spring, and um, now I have an opportunity to play it here for you on the show. Really excited about that. Um, but first, uh, we do have Captain Radio. Uh, Captain Radio is back with another review this week. We have got a piece called Demon Eyes. All right, Captain Radio, give us a scoop. Greetings, Audionauts. Captain Radio here with a Halloween bumper review of John Ballantine's Demon Eyes, first in the Campfire Theater Horror Series, made possible by Rode Microphones. Passionate, unique audio transforms our world. You start with Rode. Visit rodemic.com. That's R-O-D-E-M-I-C.com. If any obscene creatures of the night manage to slip past Halloween, they need to be tracked and taken down in proper style. Maybe not by those guys. Try instead tenacious yet dubious Special Agent Sarah Gowan, voiced by Diane Gilbert, who is detailed at the 11th hour to persuade confessed serial killer Wesley Wayne Morrow to reveal where he interred still-missing victim corpses. Arriving at death row, Gowan encounters disparaging Atlanta PD veteran detective Bellamy, Morrow's dogged captor, voiced by Alan Pierce. Just as listeners sense Silence of the Lambs deja vu, they discover neither Morrow, a former Catholic seminarian, nor his victims may be as they seem. How could returning the remains of these victims to their families for proper burial because possibly be... Because the demons that inhabited those rotting cadavers are trapped there in the ground. If you exhume them, they are released to the world free again to plunder and weave their web of wicked indulgences. Agent, do you know how to kill a demon? Can't say as I do. Neither do I. Unexpectedly, Morrow not only reveals how he discerned his victims, he foists upon Sarah his demon dowser along with a chillingly cryptic warning. Oddly, Detective Bellamy later seems oblivious to Morrow's device. What glasses are you talking about, Agent Gowan? The eyeglasses that Morrow wears that he claims can discern demons? Did he have them at the time of the murders? I suppose he did. He told you that they allowed him to see demons? Yes. I'm guessing that tidbit didn't make it into your book. These magic glasses. Where, where are they now, Agent Gowan? Here you go, ma'am. Thank you. Detective Bellamy, always a pleasure. Excuse me, but I have to be on my way. Undaunted by the inconclusive, though unsettling, death row encounter, Sarah seeks out Father Ravano, one of Morrow's known seminary associates. In an ironic twist, Father Ravano discourages her from wearing the glasses, especially near a parish or seminary. Agent Gowan, these are things not meant to be toyed with. I'm sorry. You must admit, this is a little bizarre. There are many blessed objects within the church that are not public knowledge, my dear. Things hidden from the eyes of the masses. If the world knew what evil lurked around them, even here, 
in the church. Please, remove the glasses. Why? That does it. Though apparently frustrated by circumstance at every step, Sarah's race back to death row to forestall Morrow's execution instead veers off on a collision course with uncalibrated personal consequence. While Ballantine's first Campfire Radio Theater episode gets off to a mildly shaky start, the storytelling and acting improves perceptibly as the tale progresses, boding well for future episodes. Some dialogue and situations may flirt with predictability, but Ballantine's script never waxes mundane, and sound designer Tim Holding partners with Ballantine to create a low-key, realistic soundscape that happily never overwhelms dialogue in this intelligent, deductive horror thriller. Don't miss John Ballantine's Demon Eyes, part of the new Campfire Radio Theater series, available now as Sonic Society episode number 259 at www.sonicsociety.org and check out Campfire Radio Theater's profile page at Facebook. Until next time, Audionauts, this is Captain Radio signing off. All right, thank you, Captain Radio. CaptainRadio.com for that excellent review. Uh, if you want to send in your work, again, the uh, submit link at radiodramarevival.com gets it into our online database. We are using technology now to uh, manage our submissions. We get quite a lot of people, a lot of folks out there producing audio drama. Thank you so much. Um, it does take a little bit of time to get you on the show after you send in your work, but you'll hear back from us and love to give you feedback and let you know what we think of your efforts. And overall, keep it up. All right, uh, now on to our main feature, uh, hour-long special here. we got Roger Gregg with Horror Hotel, Episode 1, uh, recorded with the Gady School of Acting, Class of 2010. <laughs> I think you'll enjoy this uh, haunted house gone horribly wrong. Or, well, take your pick. Get you in the bed. Do not bend your ear to hear what's best left unsaid, and shun those who seek to speak with the dead. Good reason why the wise do fear it. Do not tread among the spirits. Remember this, and you'll do well. Never check in to the Horror Hotel. The Gaiety School of Acting presents Horror Hotel, Episode 1, by Roger Gregg. Our story concerns a night in a very, very strange hotel. Sitting at the end of the line, on the outskirts, at the edge, as it were. On the edge, not of a town, but of reality. A young, dysfunctional couple are about to enter and book a room for a night. Well, Emma, here we are. The Hotel Scarletti. Hotel? It's more like a castle. Yeah, very atmospheric. That's why I chose it. It's creepy, if you ask me. Absolutely horrible. Exactly. This is the perfect place for me to finish my novel. And me? What about me? Don't worry, Emma. We'll do things. We'd better, Carl, because I'm not going to just sit around while you hack away at your laptop. Emma, please. We've been through this. I have to get this novel finished. Why? You know why. No, I don't. This is my life's work. But, Carl, no one is interested. Ugh. Give me patience. Oh, don't play the victim. I'm not playing. Please, I'm just being realistic. Every writer has to start at the bottom, Emma. That's how a career starts. You have a perfectly good career at advanced software. Yeah, a career that I hate. I don't want to wear a suit all my life. Nah, you'd rather dress up like a zombie with all the other horror movie losers. So, what's the harm in that? I won second prize for my zombie costume. You lost to a 14-year-old dressed as a vampire. 
I'm using my imagination, Emma. Remember what that is? It's the pathetic imagination of losers imagining that they're not losers. Normal, real people like normal, real things. Not zombies. All right. Can we just try to enjoy our time here? Come on. Let's go inside. What a kip. Shh. Do you hear that? Hear what? It sounds like a woman singing. I can hear a van in the distance. I can hear birds singing. I can't hear anything else. It's gone. Meanwhile, in the lobby of the hotel, a woman is frantic as her reality disintegrates. But I'm telling you, I am not alone. I'm sorry, but there is no record of anyone else. I booked in yesterday. Yesterday morning with my husband. We were standing right here, right at this reception desk. And you were standing right where you are now, and you spoke to him. He asked you your name, and you said... Scarletti. Yes, that's right. Scarletti. Now you remember? Of course I remember. Scarletti, it's my name. Maybe you are dreaming. Maybe. Maybe you are dreaming right now. People often dream here. Things. Very strange things. Forbidden things. Dark. Just look in your book there. We both signed in. Both our names should be there. Michael and Lily Firestone. Firestone. Go on. Ah, ah yes, see? Look. Yesterday, 10 a.m., Lily Firestone. Only you. Only your name. No other name. But that can't be. Let me see that. I'm sorry. I think you're perhaps dreaming. No, I'm telling you, we were together. Together here, all night. We went to bed together. And did you dream? Yes. I dreamed that there was this woman who came into our room with a large feathered headdress. And then my husband got up and left with her. Oh, that dream. No, don't you see? I thought it was a dream at the time. But it wasn't. No? No, because this morning when I woke up, he was gone. His luggage, clothes, everything gone. I tell you what. Let me check my crystal ball. I keep it here on the counter for such occurrences. Now, let us see. Let us see. Hmm. All is cloudy, but then becomes clear. Ah. Ah, yes, I see. I see. I see you. You are there in the bed, tossing and turning. A nightmare has seized you and will not let you go. A horrible nightmare, holding you tight. And the whole time, no husband, all alone. Alone. No, it can't be. Look. I have these photographs of my husband right here. Michael and I. Look, see. I see you. And Michael. No, 
I see only you. You're dreaming. A nightmare. Let me see those. Oh, my... Oh. Oh. Oh, Carl. Hey, who designed this? Yeah. Fantastic, isn't it? You! You see me, don't you? Yes, I see you. I'm not dreaming. Tell me I'm not dreaming. You're not dreaming. Hey, relax. Take it easy. Michael! I'm not dreaming. I'm not alone. I'm not dreaming. Michael! I'm not dreaming. Michael! Oh, hello. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Uh, Hello. Yes, we'd like a room for the night. Of course. It's all arranged. What? There is a big convention gathering tonight, but we kept a room just for you. You did? Of course we did. You are Carl Fleming and your wife, Emma. Dolphinstone. Yes, Dolphinstone. Dolphinstone. Malcolm? Malcolm! Yes, madam. Come forth when I summon you. Need I remind you of our contract? No, madam. I'm at your service in all things. That's right. So, please take these people's bags up to their room. And Malcolm... Yes, madam. Give the young lady special treatment, for she is Emma. Dolphinstone? Yes. Very well, madam. May I take your bag, sir? No need, I can carry it. Please, sir, it is necessary. You understand? I understand? Oh yes, you understand. It is necessary. You see, don't you? You see how necessary it is? Oh, yes. Yes, I see. It is necessary. Yes, good. The bag? Here, take my bag. Take it. It is necessary. And the lady's bag? Yes, it is necessary. Yes, it is necessary. But I'd like to carry my... It is necessary, Emma. Carl, I... It is necessary that I take your bag, madam. So very necessary. You see, don't you? You see how necessary it is? I... Oh, yes. I see. I see now. It is very... Very... Necessary. Necessary. Take my bag. I have already. Yes, you have. You shall follow me. We shall follow. Follow you, we shall. (laughs) Oh no, not this again. I'm afraid your daughter is on the loose again, Madame Scarletti. Hell's bells and stinky smells! Yicky yicky with my finger, I have taken boogers from my nose and smeared them on my clothes! Oh my! Oh, 
Don't come near me with that! I lick the sticky from between my toes! Pop the spots until they flow! Gooey, ooey, spewy, chewy! Hell's bells and stinky smells! Gina! Not today! Of all days, not today! Oogle, foogle, flopper, flugel! What are you doing out of bed? Mm-hmm. Malcolm, I thought you tied her down. I did. But she's broken free. Gina! Be a good girl and go back to your room. I don't care how possessed you are. It's going to be a very busy day today. We have the whole convention arriving tonight. The Dolphin Stone, miss. The Dolphin Stone. I'm so sorry. She's not in her right mind. Please just ignore her. You! You! Me? Yes, you. You have come. They're all gathering here. They are? Yes, here tonight. For you. (laughs) The last stone for the circle. The last stone for what, circle? (laughs) No, Gina! No! Your head is spinning round and round! That green stuff is going everywhere! Ah, All over my dress! Oh, that's enough, Gina! I've had it up to here with you! You leave me no choice! I have no recourse but the... chains! That's right, the chains! Uh, Hold her down! Quickly, quick! Stay still! In a bowl, remember? I know, I remember. Only rabbit loose in the hole, in the hole! Well, if that wasn't a warning for the young couple, I don't know what is. But following the narrative rules of all dramatic horror and horrible drama, the couple ignore the warnings and find themselves settling in room 13. Carl, we have to get help. Oh, calm down, will you? That's not normal, Carl. It's just not normal. The girl is obviously ill, Emma. She's, I don't know, she has major issues. These kind of people exist. What can I say? But she's not normal, Carl. No, she's not, Emma. But what do you want her mother to do? Drown the poor kid in the bath? No, of course not. But they should at least put her in some kind of institution somewhere. And just lock her away? Why? Because... You know, maybe, just maybe, all this uncomfortableness isn't that poor girl's problem. But it's our problem. Don't be ridiculous. Just look at my dress. It's ruined. It should be taken out and burned. Destroyed. I'm just so upset. And what's all that business with my name? Yeah, the stone arriving to complete the circle. There's that singing again. Hear it? Yes. Carl, this place gives me the creeps. Hey, go easy on that gin, will you? I'll drink if I want to drink. Why don't you run a hot bath and just relax for a while? Uh, I'll do some writing and, you know, we'll just wind down a bit. Take it easy. All right, Carl. All right. And so, as Emma runs a hot bath, Carl sits down at his laptop to work on his science fiction horror novel. I entered the illegal Corellian Votex bar, floating near the noxious Boreas Nebula. 
I knew what I'd find inside. The artificial gravity grip floor littered with smashed cheesy paper cup dreams of all the lonely, outcast, disembodied beings just sentient enough to glimpse the fathomless abyss of their misery before drinking themselves back into their eternal stupor. I push past the flaming pitchforks of old Yama, the demigod demon bouncer with the spiky cranium horns, forever guarding this dark doorway to the damned. And then, right on cue, I heard that jewel laugh. And I made straight for the source. There they were. Stella and Selena Mammon. The two-headed Siamese twin demons, calling themselves entertainers. I could see their poison fangs glistening through all six of their fall ubian lips painted day glow pink. Oh yes, here I was again. On the edge of a meaningless conversation loop, I'd revolved around a million times with these girls. I wasn't looking forward to another spin on their infernal merry-go-round of meaningless answers and answerless meanings. But I was hired to crack this case, and so let the wheels spin. Oh, Karnov! Karnov, darling, how are you? I'm working through the coil of this mortal life cycle. Too bad, poor thing. You look red. Did you sleep last night? I didn't. Well, a growing boy like you needs rest. Will you have a drink, Karnov? No, I'm working on a case. Oh? Yeah. Why don't you get a real job? I don't like real jobs. You don't like real work. You don't like real anything. Yeah. So you really tried reality and didn't like it? More a matter of reality not liking me. No? No. Commitments. Complications. Compromises. Cop-outs. Yeah, but that's life. Life for a zombie. You a zombie? Not yet, but I'm working on it. When are you going to learn, Karnov? All existence is suffering. All things transient. You desire the transient. The transient passes away. And you suffer. Yeah, I get it. The karmic wheel. Round and round. Well, what are you going to do? Get off the wheel. Get right knowledge. Right understanding. Clean the mirror. Polish the mirror. Clean and polish. Polish and clean. Squeaky clean. See? The mirror. The mirror. But you know what? There ain't no mirror. Bingo. Bad luck to break a mirror. <laughs> what mirror? Look. I'd like to continue this thing with you, Siamese demons, but I'm looking for this guy here. His name is Darlong Curbstone. Curbstone? Yeah. All set to inherit the multi-trillion Curbstone fortune. That is until he suddenly disappeared. Oh, nice. Handsome kid, Curbstone. Seen him around. I was told he was in here last week, asking some questions he shouldn't have been asking. Know what I mean? Questions? Yeah. What kind of questions? The nature of being, ontological perception, the eternal now, that kind of thing. Ooh, big. Big questions. Big questions can get you into big trouble, Carnot. This isn't the place for big questions. Look, have you seen this guy or not? That's a question. Yeah, I know it's a question. A big question. Yeah, a big question. So what did we just say about asking big questions? I know, but... This ain't the place for big questions. But I... Big questions can get you into big trouble, Karnov. All right. Stop the loop. I know what you're doing. You do? Yeah. No more epistemological merry-go-round and make with some big answers. Take it easy. Well... What was the question again? What is the nature of ontological being and is your perceptions really true or is it phenomenological? What the? <sighs> hey! Can you get the music down in there? 
Some of us are trying to work here. What's this world coming to? Hey! Is there anybody in there? Hey! I can't keep the music down, please! Yeah? Sorry to disturb you, but we're staying right next door. So? So, the music? So? So, I'm trying to write, and before you say so again, I'd like to turn the music down. Way down. So I can continue my work. Who is it, Scarlet? Is it that whack day possessed chick again? No, it's just some guy, Edgar. Some guy? You mean the guy? I don't know. How the hell am I supposed to know if he's the guy? Ask him, that's how. Ask him if he's got the stuff. <sighs> You got the stuff. The stuff? Yeah, you know, the stuff. Has he got it? You bring it? No. He didn't bring it, Edgar. What the feck? I said he didn't bring it, Edgar. I heard you the first time, Scarlet. You! Hi, I just called... Get in here! Whoa. You got a lot of nerve here coming without the stuff. Now I'm really totally depressed. Excuse me, we're like both totally depressed. Yeah, right. We're both totally depressed and we really need that stuff, like 10 hours ago. Let's just jump from the window, Edgar. We can do it one last time out on the ledge, then fall over just as we come, then fall down, down, down. Such a beautiful aesthetic statement. Death and beauty, rosebush thorns, the transitory brilliance of the chrysanthemum blossom floating down in the rain, the salmon, Leaping upriver to the final spawn, spasm, and the last release. Well... You see? You see what I have to deal with here? Edgar, we promised each other to carry out a beautiful art statement of our ill-fated love. I know, I know, baby, and we will make a beautiful art statement of our ill-fated love. Like a Bonnie and Clyde slow motion machine, machine gun, gun spray of, of death. death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Together. Together, of course, together. Let's do it now. From the window. No, the window's no good. We're only on the second floor and there's bushes. Let's cut ourselves then. Here, do me with this razor. Carve a heart on my neck next to this big vein. Sorry, but can No, Scarlet, put down... Put down the razor! But I love you, Edgar. And I love you, Scarlet. Then cut me, baby. Cut me good. Go on. No, I told you, we can't play the guitars when our hands are all sticky. But we have to do it before tonight, Edgar. We promised the circle. I know, baby. And we will. The circle will be complete. You'll see. Then why didn't he bring the stuff? It's all faked up. <laughs> this is all your fault. What? I wrote out a list I gave to you guys. A simple list. Two pairs of handcuffs, two one-foot cubes of ice, and two lengths of rope. Is that too much to ask? Look, please, there's been a big Not mis- able to get the ice, I can see, and maybe the handcuffs. But what is the problem with getting is the flipping rope? The rope? Yeah, the rope. What are you going to do with the rope? Twit. Well, duh, stupid. 
See the big beam up there near the ceiling? Yeah. Yeah. You handcuff us. Stand us up on the block of ice. Put the nooses round our necks. Rope over the beam. Ice melts. And then we go. You know. And the music playing. Oh yeah, you play the music. We have a CD. Uh, music? See now, that is why I'm here. You only start playing the music when we say so. Except you didn't bring the stuff. Alright. First of all, I'm not the guy with the stuff. Sorry. But I'm just the guy from next door. Room 13? Yeah. Then you're the guy with... The Dolphinstone! Well, my wife is Emma Dolphinstone, if that's what you mean. Oh, man, this is so cool! Well, where is she? Is she here now already? Yeah, she's in the bath. Well, our blood-drenched undead spirits are going to be totally at the session tonight. We are so honoured to have you here, really! Great! Then maybe you can keep the music down? Our music? You heard it. Yeah, that's why I'm here. Edgar, let's play our new suicidal industrial goth song. What new suicidal industrial goth song? The new suicidal industrial goth song we're going to spontaneously improvise right now. Whoa, baby, let's go for it. No, thank you. You see, suicidal industrial goth is not my thing. Emo! 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 Way to go! Drift off. Just drift off. 
love business with Minnie. That's not normal. It's just not normal. Put her in some kind of institution somewhere. It's creepy, if you ask me. And me? What about me? You'd rather dress up like a zombie with all the other horror movie losers. Normal, real people like normal, real things. Not zombies. you in here but let me drain this bath and um your robe is lovely mummy has one just like it oh here now let's go and see if we can find her huh 
Do you know what room you're staying in? Yes. Of course I know, Emma. What room? Why, this room, Emma. This is my room, you see. When the water is deep. No, Nancy, it can't be this room. Carl and I are staying here. This isn't your room. <laughs> what? What is it? I have been told that so many, many times. I've quite forgotten how many times. And then the people saying that leave. They drain the bath and go. They always leave. Sometimes they seem to run away. Yet I'm always here when the water is deep. So this is my room, you see. Shall we look now? Please say you'll help me look. Look for what, Nancy? Why, for my body, of course. Your... He put it somewhere, you see. After he made the water very deep. Carl? Please, Emma. I know we'll always be together. The very best of friends forever and ever. For they told me so. That one day the circle will be complete. And Dolphinstone would take me by the hand and finally lead me. What? Please help me look. I have searched and searched. Carl? I think he may have put me under the bar. Carl? Yes, I think that is where it must be. Here, Emma Dolphinstone, take my hand. No, leave me go. Pull up the floorboards, Emma. See under the loose one there. No, no. Emma, Emma, the deep water is driving, driving away, Emma. Please, I'm always be my friend, Emma, don't silly of me. Nonsense! Any sane person should be absolutely terrified here. What? Oh, nothing. This may seem rather odd, but I'm afraid I'm in a bit of a bind, you see. Oh? Yes! It's a tad technical. I don't wish to confuse you with the precise necromatics of the demonic-inducing procedure, but I'm afraid I need some assistance. I was wondering if you might help me. Help you? They say every sorcerer should have an apprentice or an obedient familiar spirit to do his bidding. But I'm afraid this is where I'm lacking. Please, it will only take a few moments. Well, I'm not dressed properly. Oh, but you are. 
A simple rope. It's perfect. We complement each other, you see? Oh? Oh, yes. I'm entirely nude beneath this wizard's robe. I'm bald beneath my tall wizard's hat. See? Yeah. Well, what do you need me to do? Oh, please, come inside. I'll show you. It's much easier than trying to explain it. Come, come. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, my, this is some kind of laboratory. Yes, I'm a permanent lodger here, you see? So I have everything here. Naturally. Naturally. Everything the modern necromancer requires. Eye of toad, wing of bat, lark's tongue in aspect, several dead infants floating in large jars, mortise and pedestal, large box of salpidines. I see. Very impressive. Now, over here, in my incantation area, as you can see, I've drawn my sorcerer's magic circle on the floor, and I must stand precisely in the centre of it, for safety reasons. You can never be entirely certain what you might summon up, you see? But anyway, my immediate difficulty concerns the final outer fringe symbol. See here, in this book, in this big black book of incantations, here... Yes, I see. The final symbol must be drawn outside the circle, whilst I remain in the absolute centre of the circle. But I'm quite short of stature, you see? Look, little arms. You see them? Yes, very little. Yes. So, as you can see, I simply cannot reach far enough to draw in the place the final symbol. See? I can't reach. So, I'm wondering if you might be so kind as to draw this symbol for me while I remain here in the centre and complete the incantation. And, as you can see, it's merely an inverted pentagram. Could you possibly do this for me? Uh, oh, well, I... I shall be ever so grateful. We all shall. What is all this for? Ah, well, let me express it in this way. I'm, as it were, inviting along a rather special guest for tonight's gathering. The convention? Yes, the convention! So if you'd be so kind, Mr. Arthurstone... My name? What? You said my name. Did I? You did. How extraordinary. It stands to reason that you must know my name, then. It does? Certainly. But I don't. Shall we proceed? Uh, all right. I'll stand here and begin reciting. And when I point to you, simply draw the pentagram on that spot there. You ready? Yes. Very good. Now that the gloomy shadow of the earth, longing to view Orion's drizzling look, leaps from the Antarctic world onto the sky and dims the welkin with her pitchy breath, Dr. F, begin thine incantations and try if devils will obey thy hest Seen thou hast prayed and sacrificed to them within this circle is Jehovah's name. Now, Mr. Alphonsteel, if you be so kind, draw this symbol. Like this? Yes, that's it. Very good. Now then, forward and backward, anagrammatized, the abbreviated names of holy saints figures of every adjunct to the heavens and characters of signs and airing stars by which the spirits are enforced to rise. Then fear not, Dr. F, but be resolute and try the uttermost magic can perform. Oh, you better stand back a little bit further at this point. Back here? Is this far enough? Yes, that should do, I hope. Now, the final incantation. 
sint mihi dehi akrontis propoti. Vad tumerias per Jehovem genehem et consecratum aquam quam nux bardo signum cucrutis quod non passio et por nota nostra ipsi nunc orgas nobis victus viemimus. spirit, but a delightful one. Her voice, it was so... Well, she is the patron demon of commercial voiceovers. Oh. Yes, quite irresistible when she gets going. Chocolates and perfumes, you know, that kind of thing. You'll meet her probably tonight at the... Convention. Yes, the convention. Oh, well, thank you so much for your assistance. You've been ever so helpful. Would you care for a cup of tea? You hold that. They're nice cups. Yes, they're lovely, aren't they? My mother gave them to me before she died. God bless her soul. Mm -hmm. She's over there, you know. She died, though. Oh, yes, but she's in there, in that jar. Oh. I keep her. Sometimes I sprinkle her in the tea. You would not believe the weirdos next door. They are literally trying to kill themselves in there. Some kind of lover's suicide pact. Emma? 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 What are you doing under the blankets? Emma? Emma, does this mean what I think it means? Emma? Are we interacting again? All right. It's been so long, Emma, but I'm ready. Ready and willing. I'm so glad that you've decided to do this. Finally, here I come. Emma? I can be Emma if you like. Like this. Oh, Carl. Do you... Do you... Do you want me to come now? <laughs> what the... Who are you? I'm whatever you want me to be, Carl. Love me, love. No. Uh, no. Let go. That's it. Have me. Grab me. Keep washing me. Caution me. Shove me, love me, savor me, let me do the driving, let me do the diving. 
Okay, whoa, 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 no, no! Let me be your personal demon. Very personal. 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 Please it. Squeeze it. Go ahead and tease it. Don't waste it. Just taste it. Flick your thong and baste it. Whip it and slip it. Dream it, cream it. Let me hear you scream it. Wrap it up, slap it up, go ahead and lap it up. You'll shudder and shiver, spasm and quiver. Such delights in the night I'm here to deliver. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Ooh. I'll strip Ooh. you and whip you to a fierce frenzy fever. I'll tease on my knees and make you a believer. Over and under, I'll set my bed on fire. I'm a demon lover that inflames desire. Whoa. To be all you want me to be and promise you blissful ecstasy. So take your urges and hold on tight to the sweet and soft succubus in the night. Yeah. Surrender to the magic of my lips. I'm the voice in the air. You can't resist. Surrender to the magic of my lips. I'm the voice in the air. You can't resist. There was, uh, and... Oh, you disgust me. No, it's... What is it with you men? Uh, Emma, it isn't what you... Isn't what, Carl? There was this... There was what? Shh. You're so... Listen. What? Hear that? It's that woman singing again. Yes. Yes, I can hear it now. Look, at the wall. What is that? It's a woman, but just her head, floating. Is it some sort of projection? From where? How should I know? Stay, stay here with me, floating, dreaming, dreaming, singing forever. What's she saying? Something... something about singing? You're safe here. Stay. Do not leave. Floating head, dreaming dead. I will sing. 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 
she wants us to stay here. Carl, I'm frightened. Well, so am I. Listen to me. We're listening. What do you want from us? Be my audience. My captive audience. What? I said be my audience. My public. My spellbound Caucasian fan base with a sentimental connection to all things Celtic. What? Oh, light-skinned, ginger-haired, blue-eyed man. I will sing for you. Sing for us? Yes. Don't you like my voice? Her voice? What is she on about? I don't know. I sing for all eternity. And you will stay. Stay here and listen. Oh, Lord. Listen to what for eternity? I sing soppy, sickly, sweetie, septic, cryptic, mystic lyrics of contemporary Celtic gods wallop. You don't mean... Celtic New Age mood music for meditation and alternative therapy healings. Fairy spirits standing stores, butterflies and drones forever and ever in clover and heather oh you're never alone sweet dolphin stone oh god no this is worse than the suicidal industrial goths in the next room stop please stop singing strange floating disembodied head Aoife my name is Aoife, and I am a fairy spirit, and I'll sing for you forever. Here's one from my latest album called Dancing at the Dolmen. Dance with fair feet through the fresh morning dew. Throw away your pointy tight shoes. Hear the wind in the leaves, the apple blossom breeze. Come skip. Through the dolmens with the spirits and the fairies. Maybe this is the way out of the place. Wait, what about all our things? Forget them. But all my clothes, they're back in the room. Do you want to go back there with that singing head? No. Then let's get out of here. Come, come on, in here. It's pitch black in here. Feel near the door. Maybe there's a light switch. Oh, yes. Ah, here. Would you please secure the entry point? Yeah, kill Sanders. Yeah, yeah, near probes, yeah. Thank you. And now if we can have our guest of honour brought forward to the circle of plinths. And you all know who I'm talking about. Ms. Emma Dolphinstone. 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 
Malcolm, if you'd be so kind as to do the honours. Of course, most high priestess. It is necessary. 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 Ah! Carl, help! Let her go, you big... <coughs> Malcolm, would you stop toying with that man and dispatch him at once? Yes, High Priestess. Carl! Carl! You killed him! You killed my husband! It was necessary. Necessary! Necessary! Please, Malcolm, bring the guests of honor forward into the circle. Yes, most high priestess. Ah! Whoa! Whoa! Put me down! Put me down! Help! Help! You're all insane people! Stop calling us people. That's it. Now put her right up onto the black stone altar of sacrifice. With the joining gutter and drainage grid. Grab her feet there, will you, Jezebel? Jezebel, please try to contain your demonic urges. I asked you to grab her feet, not tickle them. Ah, please, just now take her toes out of your mouth and fasten her down to the altar with the shackles like a good demon. Like a bad demon. Erin, you know what I mean. <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful. Now, Dr. F, please pull the lever to dilate open the lips of the convex vortex duct in the huge dome ceiling above, so that the celestial heavens may be revealed on this most special night. Yes, High Priestess Marjorie! Very good. Now, have we the glistening, ever-thirsty butchering blade of Gornog? Here, my lady. I've had it freshly sharpened and... Oh, wonderful, Mrs. Scarletti. We can always count on you. And now, the gaping bejeweled blood bucket of Blowblab. <coughs> oh, Gina, thank you. Wait a second, Gina. What's this? The gaping bejeweled bucket of Blowblab. It's been wiped clean. Where is the fresh Bienzebo barf? Gina, really now? In the bucket, in the bucket. Hell gates open. Thank you. Stinky vile pupid piles are laughing at the barfing. Yes, delightful. All right then, let's see. Where is my list? Where the... Oh, fiddlesticks. Has anyone seen my list? Here it is, Marjorie. Oh, Nancy. Little Nancy. Thank you, you're a star. May I lick the knife clean after the ceremony? Of course you can, my sweet, of course you can. Now, let's see. Okay, special night. All the astrological alignments in order. The convex vortex above has been opened. Check. The ever-thirsty butchering blade of Gornog. Check. Bucket of Blowblab with fresh Beelzebub barf. Check. Spirits of the dead and undead and living dead, living all here. Check. 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 
Pathetic failure of a husband, neck broken and dead on the floor. It was necessary. Uh, I mean, check. And of course, our special guest fastened down on the black stone altar of sacrifice. With adjoining gutter and drainage grid. Check. What are you going to do to me? Why, Miss Dolphinstone, you really haven't a clue? I have an idea. I should certainly hope so. This is the infernal stone circle coven of the eternal night of dread. You are the final stone necessary to complete our circle. The Dolphin Stone. No offence, but what if I don't want to be in your circle? Oh, I'm afraid you've no choice in the matter. For precisely at midnight, the blinding light of total darkness will descend down through the dilated lips of the convex vortex above us. The drainage grid orifices of the altar will gape open to receive the oozing fluid discharge as your stone is removed from your body and triumphantly placed on the plinth above your head. What stone? Why, the one that beats in your chest. Start the demon choir singing now. All right, everyone. A one and a two and a three. Come on, baritones, put it out there. in the army of the Lord, a soldier of truth, traditional core beliefs and family values, just doing my job. Well, Michelle, I'm afraid, in fact, that your bullets have had no effect on us. What do you mean? Shoot me, 
Michelle, what is she saying? You heard me. I said shoot me, Michelle. You know you want to. All right. But just remember as you fall to the ground and die that it's only the beginning of your torment. All right. This is the lake of fire thing. Oh, yes. The good book says all the sorcerers and idolaters shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which Which is the the second second death. death. Right. So I guess this is go jump in the lake. How very droll. You should write action movies. Really? No. Just pull the trigger. All right. There. Do you see? But... How? You can't kill spirits, ghosts, and demons, Michelle. Not with bullets. Oh, poop! Oh, poop indeed. So, do you see, all of us are still here and still very much present. Get up, everyone, and say hello to Michelle. Hello. Hello. Complicates things. But you just killed them all. Aren't they dead? They are dead. They are all dead. Yes, we've all been dead for a very, very long, long time. I haven't. Carl, you're alive. Come with me, Emma. Come, join us. Carl. Oh, Carl. No, Emma. Stay away from him. He's among the living dead. You mean he's a... Zombie! Yes! Yes! Oh my! That's not normal, Carl. Maybe. But when I enter that Halloween costume contest next time, you can be damn sure I'm gonna frickin' win it! Get a life. That's just it, Emma. I had a life. But I prefer this one. You don't know what you're saying. Oh, don't I? Say it once and say it loud. I'm a zombie and I'm proud! Lily, Emma, get ready to run. Win! Now, follow me! Quickly, follow them to create an exciting chase sequence! This is just like the movie! How will all this end? I don't know! We'll have to wait to the next episode to find out! There is good reason why the wise do fear it, and do not tread among the spirits. Remember this, and you'll do well. Never check in to the Horror Hotel. You've been listening to Horror Hotel, Episode 1, performed by the Gaiety School of Acting Class of 2010 and featuring the talents of Lydia Macari, Margaret McAuliffe, Jack Hickey, Genevieve Hume Beeman, Owen Morgan, Stephanie Preisner, David Curry, Lorna Larkin, Nicola Lewis, Rachel Roach, Angel Hannigan, Richard McWilliams, Clara Burke, Emily Elphinstone, Kevin Shackleton, Elizabeth McGrath and Georgie Morton. 
Horror Hotel Episode 1 was written, directed and produced by Roger Gregg. Find out more at gaietyschool.com. Dolphin Stone. Ooh. Ooh. Excellent. You got that? Got it. Great. Okay, and that was Horror Hotel Episode 1. Not sure if there be other episodes of that particular one, uh, but we'll see. That was with the Gaty School of Acting Class of 2010, piece by Roger Gregg with some of that sound design that you may recognize from uh, Roger Gregg's work with Crazy Dog Audio Theater. Um, so yeah, you know, Roger's up to all kinds of fun stuff out in Ireland. Uh, this He does his play with uh, the Gaty School of Acting each year. He's a faculty member over there. Uh, he also has been doing, uh, he, he did a concept album um, called Cables to the Aces. I think we played some of those earlier this year. Uh, also, the uh, wonderful collection of uh, Jerry Murphy poetry, uh, which he did uh, dramatized poetry in a way that uh, very, very seldom done and with just luscious sound design. Was excellent, excellent stuff. Um, so anyways, uh, Roger Gregg's work, crazydogaudiotheater.com, links up on our website, um, and he's got a bunch of stuff on Facebook too. If you, if you dig him up, um, love to connect with you see what Roger has been up to. All right. Um, yeah. And so next week we will continue up our, um, off the beaten path, uh, spooky reprise. Uh, it's, you know, kind of what we do in November, a little, maybe a little bit, uh, less gut, uh, wrenching than what we played back, um, to the month of October, but we'll get a little bit more suspense before we get into the holidays holiday programming of course um what i have lined up for you for holiday programming is not what most people would think of as holiday programming but that's just me it's just really stories about the the human condition and the human spirit uh not necessarily tied to a particular faith background at all but anyways okay uh in the meantime um hundreds of hours you know we just broke 250 episodes so i'm going to update my voiceover to say we've got over 250 hours original audio drama programming, I'd say pretty close to that. Um, almost every episode's been an hour, uh, though in the early days they were 30 minutes tight. Um, all those up at radiodramarevival.com. You can search for the latest on audio drama news. Follow us on Twitter. Hit up at Radio Drama. Search Facebook for Radio Drama Revival. Or iTunes, search for Radio Drama Revival. And hey, if you are starting to get into thinking about the holidays, uh, one great gift would be a gift of an Audible subscription, and you can do that and help out Radio Drama Revival. Uh, if you go to audibletrial.com, audibletrial.com forward slash radiodrama, you can give a free, I think it's 15-day subscription to Audible, no uh, you know, no strings attached, um, and then you can share the gift of audiobooks and audio drama. They've got all kinds of great material up on Audible. All right, so that's my pitch, but that is also a wrap for this week. Radio Drum Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalgh. Copyright of individual shows remains their original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you would like. Radio Drama Revival originates an on-air radio at WMPG-FM, Southern Maine's Community Radio. It is podcast at radiodramarevival.com as a labor of love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. Emo. 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 Way to go. Emo. Emo. Emo.
Central Park. Load of 